want you to do me a favor. You see that lady? She's very important to me, okay? Okay. So, I want you to take extra special care of her. You know what I'm talking about here? I can't accept that. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can take extra special care of that young lady over there. Or nothing. Okay, I appreciate that. Have a nice afternoon. Sir, um, could I trouble you for a glass of warm milk? It helps put me to sleep. You could trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Now you will go to sleep, or I will put you to sleep. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. All right, welcome back to another week of Muskies on Tap. I am your host, Gus Manti. Just want to thank the guru, Tyler Andrews, again for coming on last week. Had a great time chatting with him. As always, that was our second time with him on the podcast, Guru 2.0. We really look forward to talking with him again and uh, getting him back on. We're going to be rambling tonight, uh, just doing a bunch of Q&A questions. Uh, we, we put up a post on instagram and got a bunch of good questions in from you guys so we're looking forward to doing that we got a whole bunch of them and we're going to rifle through them as best we can uh answer them thoroughly but also keep them somewhat as short as possible because i know that we're going to probably start to ramble but before i get any further let me introduce the other hosts on tonight and first up we got max manti how are you doing tonight max I'm fired up tonight, Gus. I got to be honest. I got a little extra pep in my step here this evening. Uh, as you know, I was a little antsy to get on the mic tonight. We got the PMTT next week. Packers just came out with a huge dub. Sorry to all of our listeners in Illinois. Fuck the Bears. Bear Don. Bear the Don. Bears. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. Pack die, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a fun one to edit. <laughs> Jordan Love, future MVP. The Packers are so back. Uh, other than other than that, uh, like you said, Gus, we got a bunch of QA questions. Can't thank our listeners enough for sending all those in. Um, I think this was by far our most, you know, submissions we've ever had. So thanks to everybody. Excited to get to those. Uh, but as always, so excited to see our beautiful boy Brian Eckle on the mic. <laughs> shining face big smile brian how are we doing tonight i'm doing tremendous uh just had a, a nice long day of work had a tough weekend watching I'm, I'm glad you didn't bring this up but i'll bring it up for you tough weekend watching my fantasy team get slaughtered by max's I, team yeah. and uh but good thing is uh, we got a lot of time to fix fix up the holes in the lineup and uh maybe make some you know monster trades going forward uh early season doesn't matter it's how you finish so uh looking forward to the end there but yeah excited to talk some musky tonight get to all these q a's a lot of good questions so let's jump into that yeah your fantasy team too brian (laughs) brian what's your team name this year i know you've been changing it like every single year and one of them was like the comeback of the century and i think you went what like two and 15 no, that that was a couple of years ago. I that I definitely made a comeback that year, but uh, I, I haven't changed my name this year, and my name was still whatever I said it to last year. 
Which was what? Season. Which was when what? I, when I humbled our commissioner, Max Manti, gave him a reality check. And uh might have been bad juju to keep it that because uh, he gave me a reality check in week one this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, well, enough of the fantasy football and NFL talk. Um, I would be remiss if we didn't touch on the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. Super sad mm. that that happened. That was a bummer. I was I was looking forward to watching him play this year. Honestly, I wanted to see. Uh, how he was going to stack up on the Jets, you know, compared to his last few seasons on the Packers. Cause you know, all we've heard the last few years is the pack haven't done enough for him. And, you know, I, I think he would have thrived on the Jets this year. So pretty bummed that we got a little robbed of that. Um, I was, I was excited to see it. So. Yeah. I, I hate that it had to happen that way. I'd love for him to play a full year and gone like nine and eight and miss the playoffs. <laughs> But uh, yeah, 70 seconds into the season and now it's over, you know, feel bad for him. Feel bad for those fans. That's uh, pretty miserable. And on top of it, they got to send the Packers a second round pick now because of yeah. the injury. So <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's just tough, man. That's tough. But all right, moving on to some musky talk. Gus, you've been fishing a bunch lately. Um, kind of give us a lowdown on how the bite's been from what you've been sending me. It's looking like it's been pretty Hot, hot, hot. Hot, 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 indeed. Um, Before I get into that real quick, I just want to let you guys know there's a segment that I got on just the last week uh, with Chauncey's Great Outdoors. I believe it's uh, ESPN Chicago, and he puts it out every Saturday morning, 6 to 7 a.m. Central Time, uh, a.m. 1000. He also has it in podcast form in all the popular podcast lo- locations. I think it's just called Chauncey's Great Outdoors. And uh, I was I was just on the last week, the last Saturday, and I think my segment starts at like minute 34 or something like that. Um, I, I don't know. The, uh, the episode number, I believe, is – let me look it up real quick. That guy was a beauty. Yeah, that was – I that was awesome to be on it that he was a great guy. I mean, he just called me out of the blue and he's just like, you want to record right now? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> Why not? I just met him and it was on uh, the, uh, uh, nine, nine Chauncey's great outdoors segment, uh, just this past Saturday. So if you guys could give that a listen, that would be awesome. But going back to muskies, yeah, bite has been uh extremely good. Uh the muskies are still being dumb in between bite windows. Um I can count on one hand how many follows I've gotten in the past week. Um but I can count on more than one hand on how many bites and fish <laughs> coming into the net, which is pretty freaking awesome. Um they're chewing on man, we we've gotten some pretty pretty good bites on bucktail still um some of those like really really big time windows they're chowing on mainly staggers uh, i know i got one on a double 10 as well uh, i was out with some buddies trying to look back at some of the picks as well it, i mean it's cooling down it's it's full-on effects of september fall leaves are starting to change even more even though they were changing in late august uh, it is currently Tuesday, September 12th. 
This podcast will be coming out in just a few days. And today, the lowest temps I saw were about 64, highest about 65, 66. We got two nights in the 30s coming up. This podcast is going to come out, and there's going to be low 60 water temps easily on many lakes, even even some of the bigger lakes and for sure some of the smaller lakes. And uh, I, I think there's going to be some rain coming on the weekend and i'm predicting just the bite to continue to be really really good this podcast is coming out on the day of the new moon i believe if i'm not mistaken by you know plus minus a day i i forgot to look again but i know it's new moon week i'm just looking forward to this uh this this i think it's going to continue to be good and yeah that's really all i, mean, I can I say mean, th- about this there. is this is it right i mean this this window is like Big, the, yeah, the big fish is... that were deep or are, are hanging out and not unattainable, but tough to get to for the last month and a half or so are yeah. pushed up. I mean, from what you know, oh, you've yeah. been showing me is like you're not only catching fish, but I mean, the, the average size of them for northern Wisconsin standards has been mostly big fish. I know you're typically throwing bigger stuff, but like it seems like that full big fish movement has been in full effect over the past, you know, week or so. Yeah. I think it's kind of going in waves. I just saw it the other day. I uh, got two mid forties on more of a shallow stained lake and some very shallow water during a big bite window on bucktails. And I think that's like the movement of those big fish on those lakes. And then just uh, today I was at deep clear lakes and the biggest was a low forties and had a few other hits and caught a, a low to mid thirties. And I think that's like the first movement. So they're like coming in waves. Mm-hmm. And I think those shallow, when, when this comes out, I still think shallow stained, uh, brown, green, any of the, the colored stained waters are going to be like electric and absolute fire for a little bit. And then they might dull down. And I think following, you're going to get some big fish movements on, deep clear lakes with a lot of rock, minimal weeds, uh, typically Cisco based. So I think that's what I'm seeing. I'm fishing structure on the deeper lakes, um, still mid lake stuff, uh, but casting to the crowns of all the structure, trying to hit all the shallowest points. And that's where the fish are coming off of. Even if it's clear water, they're still going to come off of that stuff. And for the shallow stain stuff, I'm just looking at shallow weeds pretty much. Um, if there's a shallow rock weed transition, all the better. But that the shallow stain systems definitely in less than seven feet of water has been pretty money. So that is the report on the week. Um, I don't really have too much else to add other than get your jerk baits out. Uh, if they if the top waters and bucktails aren't working, that means they're probably going on pull pause jerk baits. So it is officially Suic season. Although the Suics have still been quiet in, in my boat. I know that they're going to make a boom of a day at some point, at least I hope. So I'm going to be mm-hmm. breaking them out now. All right. And looking forward, uh, Brian, I know that you've been kind of put on ice here over the past few weeks for fishing, but we just kind of, rallied the troops we got a little bit of a musky bender 2.0 type weekend ahead of us this fall 
Um, you excited to get back out on the water there? I am. In a few weeks? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it'll be a lot of fun. One of our buddies just got a uh, pretty choice new new boat, so excited to get some casting on that, and uh, yeah, maybe cut down on some of the sleeping we did last time. Maybe fish a little bit later into the night, so we'll see. I don't see. know about that. It's gonna be cold. <laughs> are you gonna Are you gonna come and meet us for the PMTT? You think, or is that still TBD with work? Yeah, still a little TBD. That I don't know. We'll see. I'll try and make it work. That's. I'd love to get up to the chip. One of my favorite bodies of water that I've barely ever fished, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, love to get time out there when I can. Pretty much like everything your dreams are made of. Yeah, musky fishing. In the musky yeah. fishing world yeah as my fishing wet dreams is a structure and like chip <laughs> just shallow nasty stumpy island, island 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 peninsula. island, island. <laughs> oh man all right should we dive into this q a we got i mean i think we ended up getting like 50 plus questions so i i don't know if we're gonna be able to get to them all uh but we're gonna try here so it's gonna be like a rapid fire q a type podcast so you guys ready to fire that up? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get Let's it. Rip it. All right. Gotta put the brains on here. First question's coming from Tyler Eggenberger. Shout out, Tyler. Shout, Shout out. out. I get this I get this question a lot, and I believe it's a good topic. When to start dragging suckers and when to start fishing fall deep. I see in here of a surprising amount of people struggle in early fall because they're dragging suckers on breaks and deep weeds before turnover happens. When they, sh- when should they be up shallow burning blades in top water right now, right now? Yeah, <laughs> right now. Absolutely. Right now. We, uh, I know looking back at last year, we still got some really, really big sucker bites in like five feet of water and heavy weed cover after moving fish on, jerk baits top water bucktails that i would i would say for the most part get those suckers in shallow when your water temp is still above 60 like this is when they're pushed up big time and i will wait to go on like the they're going to be near the deepest water still um and near the steep breaks there might be some fish set up on set up on steep breaks now but they, they're going to be shallower and you're going to have to pull them off the structure to, to take down the sucker. But I typically wait until post turnover to start putting stuff deep and go deep. Well, I mean, we've had a good success, honestly, this time of year, dragging suckers and weeds. It's a pain in the ass, but you know, yep. it's fine to, to put that both side sucker a foot down. And if you have another one running underneath a, a float to put that a foot down, and yeah, like I said, it, it, it can be a pain in the ass, but like we've had some really good bites that way, fishing in uh, four, five, six feet of water with a sucker right underneath the boat. I'll ask you guys this quick like follow up question, just so we don't spend twenty minutes on this first question. But uh, <laughs> I, I know like we always leave if we're fishing weeds in the fall and we have suckers, like you said, leaving it like you know a foot under the boat and the drop down rod or the you know the rod and the bobber farther back. We do that typically in like stained water, murky water, uh, brackish looking water. Do you think like people should be hesitant to do that in clear water to just put it a foot below the boat or have you done that Gus? Have you hit up a clear lake with suckers and put it a foot down? I have not done a foot. Typically in a clear lake, you're not going to like 
have to deal with the type of stuff we're going to be dealing with on the stained waters with suckers where like the weeds are basically almost choked out. I mean, there's times where we run it through weeds to the surface and we have to clean that sucker off. Like we're cleaning off a trolling rod, trolling in, you know, floating weeds and stuff on the clear lakes. I still wouldn't be afraid to keep it high. I mean, I, I've been still seeing fish come up. I, I was just fishing a clear lake uh, just today. And I don't know if my bait got down further than eight feet. Maybe, maybe I was working my bait six feet down and those fish were flying up after it. So I wouldn't be afraid to just keep that sucker like six feet down, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, those yeah. fish are going to look up clear water. They can hone in on your baits from so much further away. And the fish, those fish know where that sucker is at all times. I mean, when they're, yeah, when they're not on live scope. Right. Exactly. Like they can hone in on that thing from plenty far away. All right. This one's more uh, geared towards Gus here. Uh, we got a question from Riley Trimmel. Question for the boys, not exactly fall related, but he just picked up a Garmin 93 SV. Shout out Garmin. Shout out. Shout out Garmin. And shout out Riley. Just curious if you guys have any tips on getting used to using side view to locate prime structure and or even a fish if it's possible. I can also add what kind of structure and depths I should be looking for as the weeds start to lay down and we start getting into the colder months. Uh, For the last part, um, once you get into the colder months, the weeds are going to die off and uh, definitely going to be looking for, I think I mentioned this earlier, is like rocks, rock weed transitions has definitely been pretty key. Um, That you're looking for more, so I guess if you haven't really like seen it on, on side image, I would definitely do a lot of research on like YouTube kind of looking up or using even like the demo to see like what rocks look like as opposed to weeds. Weeds are going to look fluffy. At least that's what I like to call them on side image. Rocks are going to be just round and very, they're going to be very obvious when they're rocks. They're going to be like the, since they're so like dense, it's a hard return. So that all the rocks are going to be very, very dark. And then, or the shadow of it, and then the rock itself is going to be very, very bright because it's such a hard return. And um, for seeing stuff on side image, man, I I run, man, I I just run the YouTube settings on like basic. I looked it up, Garmin best settings. I copied everything. I run at a hundred feet left and right, almost all the time. When I'm trolling, I shorten it so I can see stuff a little bit better when I'm going faster. I run it at the 1070 kilohertz, I think, which is like kind of, I think the highest you can go there. So yeah, those are the typical, you know, main settings that I run on side image to just see the structure, see the cover, see the fish. And I, I also will use it to find like rock to sand or rock to mud transitions which is usually dictated by a drop off of some kind and that's kind of usually how i hold my boat onto spots is kind of keeping it on the edges of there because they won't always just be on weed edges they'll be on other sorts of edges uh just like that like the trans any transitional point is what muskies like to use 
And locating a fish, you know, isn't always as easy as people might think, at least for me, because I probably see 150 muskie a day that Gus tells me that are all not muskies. Oh, there's <laughs> They're one. all logs. Uh, <laughs> that's just a log. That's just a log again. Oh, that's a rock. Oh, you got to yeah, train yeah. the eye. You got to train the eye. <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on. All right. Hunter Penrose. Penrosey? Penrose. You're fishing a tournament and a, and you find a spot with a few fish on it. Are you staying there all day or are you moving on and hoping you can come back and check on it if nobody else is there? Gus, you going to spill the beans on the tournament strategy or what are you thinking here? I don't know if I can do that. I mean, unless somebody's out there beans the water, are spilled. I was going to say, <laughs> I think they've probably seen what we do and you know that we don't like to put that trolling motor up much and gun it to the next spot. We're, we're hanging out. <laughs> We yeah, found out that I, I think if we know where fish are. You just you just hang out on them until they eat. Yeah, that's true. I, I think it's a little bit lake dependent during tournaments. I mean, size of lake and amount of spots that we feel comfortable with. But yeah, if there's a pile of fish there. I mean, you know, during the tournament hours, like you're not fishing prime time. So I think that that kind of, you know, you have to you have to change your mindset a little bit when you're fishing from seven to four. Or, whatever typical tournament hours are you know a lot of those hours are be quote unquote dead hours so you know if you know where fish are um and we've talked about this too it's like we should probably translate a little bit of more of that mentality to our normal fishing but you know we still really don't <laughs> when we yeah, go and fish for I fun um but so still it's that we fish differently yeah but it's it's just different tournaments are different i don't know why they just are all right, uh, uh, next next question coming from our boy Spence. Not really shout out Spence. Not really fishing related here. Thoughts on Bama getting dominated by the Longhorns? <laughs> Great question, Spence. <laughs> this one's more dictated towards Brian, who uh, continued to hit Bama live the entire game <laughs> on the wager side and I'm, uh, lost yeah. his whole week's pay. I was a saving believer, and uh, I uh, I learned the hard way. But uh, I tell you what, Texas looks legit this year. They've been phonies for the last 10 years, but uh, I was really impressed with their offense. They seem like the better coach team. Bama was the sloppiest I've seen them ever. <laughs> I mean, penalty after penalty. I just don't know if they got the dogs that they usually do. Uh, all right, all right. Moving and, on. And uh, I'm, I'm looking yeah. at a free loss team yeah. in Bama. Texas is a serious playoff <laughs> contender, guys. Mark my words going forward. Uh, all right. Uh, we're we're going to move on to the next question from Poor 29 We've kind of answered this prior, but I think it'd be a good refresher. Maybe we could, you know, who knows if we'll, we'll kind of add or, or get something new here. But he said, not really a question, but you guys should give out some tips for people new to muskies. So Brian, Gus, what do you guys think? Someone new to muskie fishing? Um, I would I would interpret that as like brand new. You know, what would be your like setup? Maybe one rod, one reel, uh, three baits kind of thing. All right. I mean, it's kind of hard to go budget muskie fishing. I think you could probably still get away with like a setup and like a there's no such thing as budget musky fishing, by the way. No, I'm going to be horrible <laughs> at that. I don't even, I, I know like that pissy fun came out with a reel that's cheap. Um, 
I know. Sorry, not cheap. I've never used it, but I just know it's it costs less than the other. Uh, well, let's not right let's there. let's not assume Jay Jay. I mean, I kind of ironic that his name is Jay Jay Poor, but let's not assume Jay Poor is like <laughs> he's trying to pinch pennies here. Poor. I mean, the boy right, might have right. a bag. Don't pinch don't pennies, right. But if we're assuming Gus, I would say your reel that you use forever that Okuma Komodo. Yeah, that's like I was middle of the field price, and it was a really good. Yeah. Reel. A little over 200 or something like that, I think. And I still use that Akuma Komodo SS. They make two sizes, like a 300-some size and a 400-some size. And I have the 300. And I can still use that thing to burn 9s and 10s on it, on like the 6.3 to 1 gear ratio. So I think more so he's probably looking for that. If you're looking for one reel, 6.1, 6.3 to 1 gear ratio reel, something that picks up like... Uh, somewhere around maybe 30 inches per crank you can get away with. You could still kind of pop some jerk baits and rubber with. I mean, I've, I did it to start. Um, I mean, for Christ's sake, freaking use the uh, round reels to uh, snap rub back in the day. So I know everybody yeah, can be done. Some people from, from way back remember those days. Um, I'm not one that it, it, it can from, from ever forever ago but yeah it can be done you can do it with like a 6.3 to 1 gear ratio and i i rip a mag dog on a 641 i think it is with like 32 inches of crank pickup yeah and it's not that bad so and you can still do no, no need to go out and buy no need to go out and buy like an 831 or whatever and a 621 right away <laughs> no you might need like a power handle on it if you're gonna burn blades all the yeah. time like that might be the one things to have but for the rod man i I think you just got to go on like how tall you are but i wouldn't go anything shorter than eight six and i mean if you're super tall get some sort of like nine six or ten footer and probably stick to like a heavy you can get away with a heavy (laughs) on pretty much everything depending on who makes the rod i know there's a few out there that heavies are actually medium heavies and then like some weird stuff like that you kind (laughs) of got to just look at like the lure rating as long as it's like three to eight ounce good that like, you're, you're simplifying things yeah as long as it's like four, <laughs> well i'm giving them like a you're basis want... to look at no nah, i know it's, <laughs> i just i'm only saying that because it just it it shows how complicated gear is yeah it is, it is. Just so much. but i also like well i could just tell them like which rod and which reel to buy but i don't know i don't he, I don't know. If you I might as well like get that right. rod that that's uh able to throw that 16 ounce pounder because you're gonna be buying a pounder pretty quick too. Yeah, you're gonna learn. <laughs> or that you're Susie suck. That Susie sucks like what 14, 15 ounces. So you're gonna want something up there that can carry the big dogs around. It's a slippery slope, J Poor. Slippery yeah. slope. Slippery. Uh, but slope. I would say from like <laughs> getting into a, a new musky fisher outside of like just gear, you know, if, if he's on one lake, if you're brand new. I would start with whatever lake you're on, right? I mean, obviously, that's kind of where you want to go. Like, if you're brand, brand, brand new. Um, yeah. You know, you start with the lake that you have far. some. You have some familiarity on. I know this is kind of contradicting. I think there's one podcast I talked about, like, if you're trying to, you know, if you're a new angler and you're trying to get better, I was kind of saying, like, branch out, you know, like, expand your horizons, and that will, like, make you learn quicker if you, like, fish different types of water. But if you're brand, brand new, you got one lake, you know, you're trying to pick it apart. A few like really key things to just figure out really quickly is, okay, 
is there a main lake point start there you know that's going to be a good spot most times a year you know start with you just look at a map download navionics look at google imaging it's not hard to tell is there a main lake point second i would go to is there a predominant bay with weeds you know that's Mm -hmm. typically a, a good spot to be too and then as you kind of build your rolodex of spots in that lake from main lake points predominant bays start kind of looking for a little bit more intricacies on that body of water is there any timber laid down ribs cribs rock spots that's kind of when you start to branch off on you know your wealth of knowledge as a new angler on one specific body of water i mean we started fishing the chain and you know we're still learning new spots on you know the chain over the past year or two and we've been fishing that body of water for 20 years almost now (laughs) it's Mm kind of crazy 15 years so every lake has so many like little different things within it that you can kind of become a master at um but it takes time so just stick stick start with the the very obvious stuff and then kind of work from there you know in terms of baits i mean we we've done a lot of pick three bait segments on here before Mm -hmm. but uh yeah, I would say like a, I mean, not to name drop, but something similar to like a 500 Booker tail, you know, a standard bucktail presentation. Um, number get five yourself, too. Yep. Yeah. Oh, get yeah. yourself like a, just a rag dog, Giant regular killer. bulldog, and then maybe mix in a crank. And then uh, once you get comfortable with those, then maybe take the step in a little bit more of the finesse game with diving rises and glide baits and all that fun. Oh, and get a top water right away. That's where you're gonna catch <laughs> yeah, your fish. Yeah, I was waiting for that one. <laughs> That's gonna catch you every single fish, too. Yeah, <laughs> always. All right. Um, I know it's early on in the Q and A here, but this is probably my favorite question that we got. Uh, another heater from poorly made musky memes. Guy just only brings. He only brings the stuff, man. He just brings that heat. He's he brings the heat. Oh, he um, does. His question is. What NFL team colors make the best musky lure colors for conditions? <laughs> I, I'm going to disregard the last part. W- w- like, if you could have a lure of any NFL team, what would it be? I think Take your Brian's, time. No rush. Brian's going to pick either. Hey, hold whoa, on. hey, whoa. Hold hey, on. Whoa, hold whoa, on. Whoa, I think whoa, he's going to pick the Miami. Pick your own. Pick your own. <laughs> I think he's going to take the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Chargers. That would be a tasty lure. Let me think though. All right. I, I, I can start us off. Um, I'm gonna go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. Dogs. Or, wow. or not really. Or but not black. Really. Well, not after week one. Not right now. Not, yeah, not right now. Yeah, they some they some dogs. They some dogs. Um, orange and black. It works everywhere, no matter where you're at. Stained, clear, green purple water doesn't matter orange and black is going to get it done um yep. you know i think all if you have a, a black or a black lure with an orange you know tint to it uh black black rubber bay with an orange tail um you know the ball buster is like probably one of the more iconic colors of a lure you know in a medusa bulldog you got the black white mm-hmm. and orange yeah, I just think that that's probably it's probably a pretty predictable answer. 
for this, but I, I think I have to probably lead with that. Gus, what you I'm, got? I'm going to give Brian a little bit more time to think on it because I'm looking at him and he's just – He's, I think he's, he's writing he's like down his list right turkey. now. And he's trying to, I'm, I'm he's crossing. Probably, I know what ones it's not going to be. And I'm deciding <laughs> he's, between. He's putting, he's putting that thing in like an automatic randomizer or something like that right now. <laughs> but all right. I'm going to go with the Nolan Saints. Damn, that was going to be mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Black and gold. I am, I am a sucker for natural stuff and I am a sucker for black. And like walleye gold stuff. So surprise! I'm surprised you didn't go with the Cleveland Brands. That was my second choice. I, I, yeah, that, I was I was debating too. So Brian, you can go ahead. I don't um, got much else to add there. Other, I'll than tell you what. Black and gold for our region that we fish in and the lakes we fish. It, it definitely is not the Indianapolis Colts blue and white. I mean, no. nah, nah, no, no nah. Cisco up here, but. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, false. <laughs> so false. I'm thinking, uh, he's still man, thinking. It's a tough one for me. I, I'm gonna go kind of shout out, shout out to our buddy Grape. I'm gonna go with the Baltimore Ravens here. Oh, oh yeah, I, I believe yeah. that's purple, black, and they might have a little bit of gold in that Ravens logo. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. dude, yeah. Sure. sneaky, sneaky yeah. pick. We should do a full like hour long episode. So debriefing of every NFL team's colors, <laughs> great. Who would be the best? Tears. And who would be the worst? <laughs> You'd be the yeah. best musky fisherman. That would be hilarious. I mean, there's there's a lot of like really good runner ups. I mean, just like thinking even in the, my head. I mean, even the Raider, yeah. Las Vegas Raiders, black and silver. Mm, that's pretty yeah. money. Pretty money. Chiefs. Mm. Red and oh, white. Wow. What, what lure what? have yellow. you ever thrown that's been red, white, and yellow? yellow? That's like uh, a bad yellow with red and white. I don't. Right, we don't have anything next like segment that. now. Next all question, right. <laughs> Max. What What do we got next? All right, we're gonna get back to the more serious tone here from Kyle Fridges. Fridges, um, he's been killing it this year. I've been following him on Instagram. They've been catching a lot of fish. I, I think he's out. got a a page too. Yeah, shout out. Um, if you guys. Uh, want to check him out is he the cabbage dragon cabbage dragon media guy yeah i think so i think he puts out youtube yeah. content yeah uh toss him a follow it's all good stuff he just asks and gus you can just answer this one y'all make your own sucker rigs if not what's your favorite uh no we do not i got two that i now I, i've tried almost all of them there's definitely some that i haven't tried yet but the two that i use the smaller suckers, I use the Z leaders. And for the bigger suckers, the shop in town in Eagle River, RM Musky Shop and Tackle, they make their own custom rigs. Uh, some of my good friends make them themselves. And those are really good adjustable for large suckers. And those are the two rigs that I use. Okay. Next question comes from 65DB. Uh, I think we've, we've, touched on this because i remember giving brian shit about this question um it's not the same question but it probably relates to it a little bit he asks uh, so we'll, we'll get a little refresher here he asks how long do you try a bait before switching to another brian please lead us off uh this is a good question really good question and there's a lot of science and strategy that go into it uh personally for me i've read a lot of literature on this and it's important that after five to ten minutes without experiencing a follow or a hit 
make sure to switch that presentation <laughs> up. They're not liking what you're throwing. Uh, that's just me and what I've found in my studies. So I'll turn it over to you guys. Um, I, dang, that's a lot of research that you put in like five <laughs> to 10 minutes. You really yeah. nailed was it. Was that a, was that a peer reviewed study and cited and everything or? Uh, no, that's just a Brian a couple Echo articles off the onion, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah Incredible okay. source. Yeah. Yeah. Very. And for me, it's just dependent if I'm on like a really good bite and or a really good spot that I know fish are from. I know the other week I was fishing a spot solo and I went through it. I, I kind of like refished it like three times. I think I cycled through four baits in a span of like 10 minutes. And I was just like dumbfounded that I didn't see one. And then on the fifth bait change, casting over like the same spot, I got a fish to come up and eat in the figure eight. So, but that was more of like a tingling in the plums type situation where I'm like, there has to, I know there's a fish here because I've seen them here like the past <laughs> week and they've been like reloading on the spot. But otherwise, deep, deep down in the plums, deep down in my plums, I just felt it. That might be my answer. That's my answer. Just go with yeah. what you're, uh, it's a gut, it's a gut feeling. <laughs> I mean, I've used the same it's bait all day. Plum as well, feeling. So. I was just going to say, I feel like you're probably the most stubborn of us three. And I, I see you, Gus. I, I know you've been throwing a certain bait as of late. I mean, I don't want to call you out here. Hey, what, I, know what been, that? I know you've been throwing a certain bait that you've been failing to mention. And I think for good reason, you know, hopefully, uh, yeah. Hopefully it comes through for us here next week. But yeah, Sorry, I listeners. mean, uh, <laughs> stay tuned I, uh, for the subscription plan. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I will get you out on the prototype subscription <laughs> plan. Um, yeah, it's coming next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I mean, I I don't I don't really have a great answer for this, honestly. Like, I, I think it is a gut feeling where it's it goes back to confidence. You've heard it on every single other podcast, but it's for good reason. They have confidence in a bait you're throwing. You're much more likely to catch a fish for whatever reason. You're going to work it better. So if you kind of start to lose confidence in the lure you're throwing, then that feel like for me, that's time to change. I mean, there's times where I'll change after 12 casts because I just don't like the way it's looking in the water or just don't feel good about how I'm working it that day. Um, and that could be the same bait that I like wouldn't be able to take off my rod you know you you could you'd have to like pride off my rod days prior but then on that specific day it just doesn't feel right so i'll switch so i think for me it just comes down to whatever like you know you're talking about in your down in your plums for me it's like a down gut feeling plums. for sure where it's See, just like we're all the same on that note and my, yeah. my plum just give me a different read a little bit sooner than yours might and i gotta switch it up for the <laughs> yeah. confidence you yeah. got sensitive plums you got sensitive plums, boy. Hey, oh, hey. <laughs> I was trying to do it like you got soft hands. You got, you got soft <laughs> hands, boy. You got sensitive plums. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's move on to the next one. All right. Kyle Scroogs, 50. If you could only throw one bait on a gin clear Cisco base, like, what would it be? Probably rubber. Oof. Oh, well, I probably should say a specific bait um yeah a few few different rubber baits out there right now just a couple i'm just gonna go with tube because you can work it with or without a blade and you can work it shallow and deep i mean same with most other rubber but that's my answer just because tubes work everywhere brian i know what you should answer 
Susie Suck? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. That was the lake that came to mind. I've had success on Susie Sucks there. But if it's like, if he's really hitting on that Cisco point, then I would probably switch up the color from the one that seems to catch them all, which is like a standard sucker pattern. It's like a copper red color with a white belly. Um, mm-hmm. I think they only make like three or four colors, but maybe like a, that white and gold one would be better or something. Getting closer oh, yeah. to that lighter Cisco color. I'm about to blow y'all minds real quick. I think with my answer, it's a little different. Uh, Operator, yeah. <laughs> um, Navin, no, no, it was me, and just not not only for the sake of just diversity for answers here, but I'm gonna go with a crappie colored mini grenade. It's an all silver, mm. all silver oh, yeah. grenade. F8 is so versatile and I just feel like it's 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 not you know it's relatively new but I, I just think like it's something different where you're able to work a blade that deep and you can work it slow it, blades are spinning their their back you know their their blades are in the back so it's a little bit different of a presentation if you can if if you have a live scope it's really helpful actually a little trick of the trade here and where live scoping kind of come into handy is if you cast a grenade out like 10 feet and you have the live scope pointed on it, you can kind of count it down and see how deep that grenade's getting on the live scope. And so say if you're fishing like over sand grass or a really submerged rock structure in like 15 to 18 feet of water, and you want to burn that grenade right over the top of it, you can dial in the seconds, you know, you count it down throw it out in front of your live scope or whatever. If you don't have a live scope, you know, just use your feel or, or count it to the bottom on a few casts and then just kind of work your way up. So if it takes 10 seconds to hit the bottom, if you don't have a live scope, you know, maybe only count it down six or seven seconds and then reel it in. But you can really get it dialed to the point where if sand grass is coming up and say you're in 25, 30 feet of water, sand grass is coming up 10 feet or rocks are, you know, working it down a rock structure you can get it to the point where you know exactly where that grenade's at and it's going to stay there and you can, you know, reel it in quick. You can slow, slow retrieve it and it's going to hang right in that strike zone. So that's probably going to be my answer on that one. That is a solid answer. Very versatile bucktail that can probably get her done any month of the open water season. Mm-hmm. All right, Gus, this one's for you. Uh, it's coming from Josh WW3 www3 shout out w ww shout out shout out www best way to store big rubber baits so i use the floor of the truck in the trunk and then i take them out of the trunk floor and i put them on the floor of the boat the day All i right. use them and Perfect that's answer. it i was gonna say that jokingly but (laughs) throw on the floor your boat uh no that's literally what i for pounders um mag dogs can can go in the uh the wreck and rack and the lakewood that i have pretty easily the pounders lay down there just a little bit weird the husky deuces are weird uh they just i don't know i just try to not take like a billion of them. I'll just take like one or two pounders at a time and maybe one or two husky deuces at a time only the day that like I want to use them. 
I mean, the days that I don't bring them, I don't think I've been out where I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I forgot the Husky Dusa. Like, I can right. make do with maybe a Reg Dusa or a Mag Dog. But, right. yeah, literally four of the truck, four of the boat. Pretty horrible right. answer, but that's what I do. <laughs> well, we're going to follow that one up by an answer that I think will be just a little bit longer here. And if I said the poorly made musky memes was my favorite question, this would be like the one. That was 1A. This is probably 1B. Northwoods underscore musky. He asks stories of encounters slash catches of 50 plus inch fish from the Northwoods of Wisconsin this season. Uh, I'm going to kind of open that up to at any time in our careers. Um, just because I think this season, you know, we don't think we've laid eyes on a 50 incher. Um, to my knowledge, I mean, you, in the you north of Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, yeah, Wisconsin, sorry. So north oh, I mean, Vermilion, yeah. that fish was 70, yeah, 85. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing was we 60 long. That. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who yeah. wants to start I, here. I, I, I think we've I, all had some. I feel like I've told stories of all of mine. Did I, I think I, I told I, mine as well. I think. Told the Except kinked out bucktail one. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, what we got some new again, listeners, so uh i'm just thinking of like the last giant fish that was botched in the eight and this was this was last summer when i was on the spinning rod because we didn't see a muskie for 48 hours and we were just oh, catching pike every one. other cast <laughs> yeah that one uh, I, di- I didn't actually see the length of this fish it just turned on me like five feet out from the boat and it looked like it was foot and a half tall so um, but yeah, that was on a spinning rod retrieving a musky killer that was kinked out in the leader. So nothing was spinning. Like it was just a blob of hair floating through the water. And this giant fish turns away from it five feet from the boat. And I probably would have been screwed because it was on a medium light, <laughs> small little dinky rod. Yeah, I was trying to feel some little pike. And sure enough, first musky of the day. Yeah, uh, And I that was on a... Not a big Northwoods, Wisconsin lake. No, and I never got to uh, lay full eyes onto it, but I think one of the last weeks of like August last year, I, I fished that spot where you had that fish up, Brian, a lot over the over the year, over the summer, and I think it wasn't until August I had that thing boil on a bucktail about 10, 15 feet from the boat, and I saw the flash and boil, and I'm like, there ain't no way that was a small fish. And I'm looking down yeah. at the GPS and I'm like, oh, we're on that waypoint. And I'm like, holy, that that's that fish. Yeah. It's got and, shoulders. Uh, and obviously we haven't we're not named the lake at all, but I did get insider info. And I think I did tell you this that there was a 50 caught off that leg this summer. So yeah. Damn probably sure. on that spot too. Probably because yeah. that's where the big ones sit in that lake. So Gus. I mean, we do have some new listeners, so I, again, I don't want to bring it up. And if you've heard this story before, apologies. But oh, can you fish. can you dive into the sucker fish? Because I think it's a good story. And if sure. anybody is new, I think it's yeah. you know, not to bring it up again. I know it's kind of a sensitive topic, but <laughs> sure, I'll go one more night without sleep. <laughs> I probably, yeah, no, I think about that one a good bit. Um, I'm trying to visualize that thing still to this day, and it's getting. A little hazier but max and i were out sucker fishing in october oh man a couple of years ago and we're hitting up a, a fairly clear big body of water 
that I think at the time we still didn't know a lot about, but we wanted to know a more. It was my, it was my first, it was our first time on it. It was our first time. It was time? both of ours. Yeah. Both oh, of our no, first time that's on it. okay. That's right. I was trying to remember that. I think I, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And we were just drifting through some pretty shallow stuff. And I think it was pre turnover yet. I think I looked back at the notes and the water temp was still above uh, turnover time. And Max spotted the fish first, correct? Yes. Yeah. Out of the back of the boat following the sucker and kind of like tried to whisper to me to come look at it. So we could both just stare at this behemoth following our sucker for about 20 minutes behind the boat or so. Um, I, I believe that's what it was. I ended up putting down like three or four waypoints as we just wind drifted watching this fish follow and follow and put its nose up to the sucker. And then it finally left and we decided to go fish somewhere else or keep fishing that shoreline. And then we ended up picking up our dad at the boat landing. Well, don't, don't forget it followed the other sucker we had out too. When we were moving spots, we reeled, we reeled in the back sucker oh, and yeah. left the boat side sucker, went to the back sucker yeah. We reeled it in. All of a sudden, we just saw this blimp falling in our back sucker. That's right. We probably messed I, around with that fish for over an hour. I don't know if I remember being that long, but it could have. I know it felt like an eternity, but either way, it left finally after it followed both suckers, and we picked up our dad, and it was pretty cloudy that day, or at least, like I think, for the most part. And then rain came in right during peak moon phase and we knew it was going to happen because we were looking at the weather and the moon so we went immediately back to those you know plot of three four waypoints in a line drifted the same line it had to have been peak moon rain and all that stuff about to happen and we watched this fish eat the sucker boat side like straight out of jaws i believe we say in one of the podcasts Mm -hmm. and I uh, I just picked up the rod and I think I set pretty damn early because that thing was just firing away and there was no reason to go chase it down because we knew how big that was. I mean, we could have had a the biggest sucker and it could have inhaled it. So I went to yam it. I don't think I yammed hard enough. Shook around a few times. Fight probably lasted a couple seconds, maybe six, five seconds at most and spit the spit the sucker like it never even had it and we believe that fish after seeing many 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 big fish we believe that fish was a good chunk over 50 not like a four footer to 50 this was like a holy shit what is that type 50 so we'll be back maybe that lake's kicked our ass (laughs) since yeah Um, that might just be the final chapter on that lake There's either 30 inches in there or like giants. So um, I'll, I'll give my probably one half day to three quarter day out there this year and just see if I, I like what I see. Yeah. Have you heard of any 50s being caught in northern Wisconsin this summer? I saw there was one posted uh, on uh, Muskie Academy page. Yeah. Muskie Academy. One of the members got a 51 or something at night giant fish jvr himself got a 50 with the sun we may have touched on that the week he got that or something which is 
or maybe not, but that's a special moment with this to just to be out is I think his son's got the hat on and it's like folded over his eyes and you can't even see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jay is just holding out be... a giant yeah, yes. fish. Um, obviously the one from that secret lake. Um that that you know I got the murmurs from, but honestly, no, I haven't really heard about much. I think people have been either keeping tight lips or it's been harder to come by those those behemoths i would imagine we'll start seeing a a few more pop up now to ice up yeah easily once people start getting suckers down it you get a much much better shot at catching them since you got two lines in the water you're casting and you got suckers out so this is the time Mm -hmm. of year for sure i mean you can catch a big fish at any time of the year but uh, i don't know this this might be I guess, yeah, you can catch a big fish at any time of the year, but this is like my favorite time just because they're, they weigh more. They're Mm -hmm. really, really absurdly fat. Um, All right, let's move on to the next one. The next one comes from Garrett Letterman. Heading up to Vilas County this weekend, shallow weed bucktail bite starting. Um, Yes. Uh, that's the answer. <laughs> it's been you gotta read. The, you gotta read. You gotta read the next part of his question. Oh, his follow-up question. Garrett Letterman also says, "Also, the bears." <laughs> Good question, Garrett. We're gonna lose a lot of listeners from Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry about Illinois. it. Sorry about it, there, guys. <laughs> Brian, Brian could probably be a, a Bears truther here since he's a big fields guy, OSU product. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like to see him play better, but uh it's it's that damn coaching staff. It's a whole organization. They're doomed. Fields needs to get out of there somewhere he can flourish. It, it, it's not in Chicago. Mm. All right. Well, moving takes. on. This one comes this one comes from your sister, Brian. Maddie Eckle. If shout you could out. only f- shout out. Shout if you out. could only fish. <laughs> You can only, only fish with one lure. What would it be? One lure, guys. What do you think? Rest of my life, one lure? You wouldn't fish, right? Yeah. You'd be done. I don't You're got options. Uh, you fish for five minutes lure. and then get off the lake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Somebody, somebody else answer. I got to think. Really? You got to think? Oh, man. I guess yeah. you got somebody to uh, choose from. Because all of a sudden, like, one weekend, you'll be, like, in love with crankbaits, and then the next weekend, you'll be, like, in love with topwater, and then the next weekend, you'll be in love with the bucktail. <laughs> you do yeah. fluctuate. Um, okay, let me let me rephrase the question. And sorry, sorry, to, sorry to me, but if, if you, okay, what would be the one lure? If you could only throw one lure, what lure would you actually feel like you could catch the most fish on from, like, sun up to sundown? Like, only has like, one like, like, uh, uh, from opener until ice up all yeah. year using the same lure. Which one you, you only... catch the most fish on? Yeah. From, yeah, opener to, yeah, that's a good, good addition. From opener to close, you had one lure. Us three were in the same <sighs> boat fishing the same lakes. We all could use one lure. Who do you think would catch the most fish on, on what lure? Yeah. Mine's that's pretty from... obvious, and I've already said it this podcast, <laughs> tube. Tube. yeah it's easily a tube <laughs> i mean yeah with the tube you just 
catch fish year round. And I think it's probably tallied the most fish this year, easily the most rubber fish. I know that for a fact and mm. it's versatile. I mean, I haven't done it yet, but if I was only able to use a tube, you just, I mean, this would be cheating, but you could just throw some dozer blades on a shallow rig and now you got a big ass bucktail and right. then you, so it, you can just kind of use it for whatever. Yeah, this is a tough one because it seems like every year, you know, a bait seems like it either does way better or way worse than the year before. Um, so I guess in a good year, probably couldn't go wrong with a bucktail. Um, uh, maybe like a eight, nine stagger, something that you can either slow roll a little bit deeper or burn across the weeds once they grow in mid season. But, um, yeah, I guess I'll take that. I'll leave Max with. Oh, let's see if you shock me here, Max. Go ahead. Oh, you didn't leave. I don't want to say the same. (laughs) Again, for the sake of diversity. I kind of hate this answer. I I might go with like a reg dog. That was my my backup. That size, because you can catch fish in June. You can catch fish in July. You know, August gets a little harder when they start wanting bigger stuff, like end of July and August. Reg dogs, I feel like, kind of fall off, but you could probably still get them. Um, I know we've had success in September with reg dogs over weeds. Um, and I think in the fall, you know, we've we've also had success on reg dogs, just downsizing a little bit. So, yeah, I'd probably go reg dog just because, you know, you can – you can catch it's it's a bait that you can catch fish on year round like there are certain baits that are would be mm-hmm. you, you can catch fish on any bait any time of year you know in the right circumstances and everything lines up perfect but that's a bait that you can probably be a little bit more versatile with so yeah i, that's I agree there um side note on this i just thought of this in my head it's a very short thing but i don't know if you guys realize this this year but we have i at least I know I haven't, I haven't even moved a fish on a size seven fluted Indiana blade bucktail this year. And that's usually dynamite for us in hard conditions when we can't mm-hmm. seem to figure something out, just throw on like a, you know, a 700 booger tail or any of those like size seven fluted Indianas that people make like mayhem. And I think pandemonium makes one. Haven't even moved a fish yet this year and I've used it. And that's usually been killer. Yeah. It just kind of well, crossed my mind. So like, that's like a weird thing where like baits have their years. Cause that bait. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Anyways, next question. All right. Uh, next fishing. Next question comes from Bigfoot underscore baits. Should you fish slow and steady or turn and burn so you can cover more water? I think. If I had to guess, Gus, your answer is going to be very, it depends. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it depends on like what you're going to be fishing for. If you're fishing a new lake, probably turn and burn to cover water and then go back to what you like. You cover more spots. Hopefully you contact a fish or catch one. That's obviously always, that's like a a super big plus. But I mean, I've even been in situations on new lakes or places that we're pre-fishing for that we are turning and burning spots. And I just like the way it looks on side image or I mark a little bit of extra bait there. 
and just throw down a waypoint and go back to it later and then work it really, really methodically and maybe twice over with different lures. But other than that, I if I know exactly where fish are in a lake, I fish really slow. Like I like to sometimes keep the boat going from like 0.3 to 0.5 miles an hour. Whereas if I'm going fast, it's like 0.8 to one mile an hour for, you know, burning spots. That's my answer. Sorry, guys. I probably covered like all of that. Yeah, no, it's all good. I mean, we've still got a few more questions to go. So um, as we keep rolling uh, through, yeah. Keep it rolling. I, I really like this question and I'm I'm curious to hear your guys' answer. So uh Geist Fishing Co. asks, I have one week to break down a new body of water, early fall, upper peninsula, clear water, bigger lake. If it's the lake I'm thinking of, I'd be curious <laughs> to hear how you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be shocked if it wasn't that lake, honestly. Not many musky lakes that kind of fit. The criteria you there's a little bit more to the question but i don't want to give too much away if uh if i'm bored at night and it is the lake i'm thinking of i'd be happy to kind of shoot some ideas your way um because it's a lake that i we have not gotten to uh yet but i do want to go fish it but gus what, what you know gus and brian what would you guys say if you got one week to kind of break down a new body of water you know it, it particularly a, a Early fall on a very clear body of water, like gin clear. What 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 would you guys think you'd start with? Okay. First, I would study the map like crazy on the lake. And if the map sucks, then you're going to have to do a little bit more digging on water for sure. I would probably look for the shallowest cover next to the deepest, steepest water for this time of year since fish are, are going to st- set up on steep breaks but then again like they're probably going to be shallower or on structure for this early fall time or at least a lot of fish that are active i mean there could be fish anywhere on any given day but the active fish for sure are going to be kind of up on that stuff and and on the clear bodies of water i would 100 percent look for uh reeds Reeds usually indicate hard bottom and sand and rocks and gravel. And that can be really deadly on cold fronts. Also just like buried in the weeds, potentially still even on, on a clear lake, assuming that this lake has a lot of weeds. Sometimes clear lakes don't have very many weeds. If you can locate them and they're still green, I would fish them. I don't know if I would personally fish it a lot if they're brown or or completely decaying um i've i've seen many times fish push off of weeds that are decaying in a weed bed in late september and early october you know lake dependent so i'd mainly i I would look for just the two key areas just the steep and deep hopefully it's got rocks and timber and then look for the shallow stuff near reeds hopefully rock flats, sand flats, gravel flats. And that's what I would probably start fishing first. Yeah, I would just say it's going to be tough to really get 
a grasp on kind of the flow of the lake if you're fishing a gin clear lake on a bluebird day um just because you know fish are sensitive to light and they're going to either be suctioned into the weeds staying hidden for most of the day or they're going to be going into their deeper holes and just nestling down a little harder to find or not active at all so maybe really hammered on those overcast days or early in the morning or last light at night um you know, start fishing with your confident spots in the low light, you know, whether it's a weed flat or rock edge or drop off and go from there, adjust accordingly. But yeah, I mean, if it was me, definitely give it hell during your major and minor, because that's when you're really going to move fish and start to understand potentially what, what these fish do on this lake. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I think with our experiences of fishing like gin clear lakes, um, it can be kind of intimidating at first because if you like pull up an avionics, you know, you see a lot of like, you know, depths between that, like 40 to like 90 feet. And unless you're like going out and trying to chase Cisco pods, like, you know, obviously that's a, a, a good way to catch like clear water musky in open water chasing Cisco fish. But like, there you know the the one thing that i would say about gin clear lakes is like there is a lot of dead water and so you can kind of simplify the lake a lot actually because you know if if you go to a body of water that's gin clear and has a lot of deep water and you're not going to do the open water thing you can pretty much start to x out a lot of the dead water that is on that lake and just focus on maybe like three or four spots that you feel good about that are either holding like Gus said, green weeds or, you know, like a rock bar that, you know, comes up, you know, say call it, it's in 40 feet of water and a rock bar comes up to 25, you know, 20, 20 feet. It's like, those are spots you should really focus on. I would say, I mean, that would be my, my advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would just keep hammering around until you start getting feedback too. And with Brian's mention of the uh, low light and and um, sunny days, when it's sunny and calm or something like that, and and you don't feel like you're gonna be able to like get a bite out, or the bite feels dead, that's when I would utilize driving around and visually looking for these bars that I'm kind of talking about. You then you probably don't have to drive right over the top of them to find them, because if it's bright and sunny, you can see them from a mile away, and then you can have them mapped out ready to roll for you know sunset last light you throw on like a top water or a slow roll bucktail over like a gravel bar next to the reeds or something like that and that might be dynamite so definitely just kind of uh, look for all those like key things that that we just talked about there and hopefully you bag a early fall giant uh, next question comes from Braxton Steedle. When do you transition to live bait? Um, now, now, the water temps are. I don't. I don't know if I even talked about water temps yet. Uh, the water temps are dipping into the mid sixties, and this is pretty much when I, every year, will start running a sucker, on and off, especially on the cold front days. And, uh, yeah. This is, yeah, this is, this is the time, uh, mid September is definitely when I start at, at all times and where I feel like I can keep a sucker alive long enough to make it a viable option. Cause they'll, they'll eat suckers every time, every month of the year. Uh, I've never run them in 
June, July, and August, but I know that they will eat them. But this is when I run them because they can stay alive a lot longer. Sounds good. All right. Uh, C.S. Scott 1038 asks, ooh, controversial. Do you think the Hayward record was faked? Also want to go fishing next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, damn it. I'm willing to believe that record was real because, I mean, that kind of fish has to come out of the flowy. It's a fish heaven. It's an angler's heaven. And I'm here to believe it. And I'm not diving into into this conspiracy bullshit. I'm Lake Chippy. I ain't doing that. <laughs> Brian is the complete complete believer. Uh, everyone message muskies on tap and tear Brian apart. The mainstream media is lying to you. <laughs> fake, fake news media wants you to believe the record came out of the chip flowy. Just that more people can come to the area, attract more <laughs> tourists. That's totally yeah. not what it's about, though. I think it's pretty well documented at this point that it was it was pretty much false news. Unfortunately, I mean the dude, the dude that caught it's like five foot two, or something like that. It's like, of yeah. course, it's gonna look big, big next to him. I don't know. I don't have much info other than yeah, I don't know about that one. Sorry, Brian, I mean, on the chip flowy. There's probably some very, very large fish still in there. I'd be curious. I mean, somebody like, um, you know, the Senate or somebody that's fished the chip flowage now for a long time and got it out there. I'm sure they got some stories of seeing some pretty large fish. Um, yeah, that's caught a true. Few too. I don't know, but it just it just sets up for it. Just got to hold some some absolutely prehistoric, least sized muskies. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it all, all right. depends on like, um, genetics. Lake but... Superior Muskies, Inc. asks, can you talk about hook sets? I can tell we're kind of getting to the end here because my answer would be set as hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, yeah, we don't. I don't know if this is a rambling type question, but I, it I, could I would be. I would just Other remind than... them that they're free. That's one. <laughs> yeah, they definitely are free. <laughs> And then uh I guess the top water don't don't uh don't set until you really feel it. Mm-hmm. And also and don't what... change your rod angle as best you can after you set and hook the fish. Yep, set and uh oh yeah, when you set the hook, start reeling a lot. Like reel down a lot. Drive that drive that hook into the fish's face, set the hook, reel down, and keep reeling. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our Q&A. Apologies to everybody who uh, got left out there. If there was a few, um, got a lot of really good questions for everyone. So maybe we'll uh, store a few of the ones that we didn't get to. Uh, we'll we'll store away a few of those that we didn't get to for maybe next time if the Q&A is a little lighter. But uh, our prima donna, Brian, has to get up in six hours from now for surgery. So prima donna, prima donna. When you're scratching the boogies out of your eyes at 9 a.m., give me a call, dog. I'll be eating lunch. <laughs> that was fighting I'll... words, brother. <laughs> yeah. I'll be up that early, Brian. You don't see me. 85 hours. <laughs> you got soft hands, brother. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're going to move on quickly to our uh, common man musky segment. And we only have two submissions this week but they're two really good submissions. So excited to uh, talk about those. Actually, we have, um, sorry, we have three submissions this week. My bad. All right. So actually a guy that, that wrote in a Q&A, Garrett Letterman, 
Uh, he messaged me about a beautiful Canadian fish that he got here. Story goes, and this is, um, you know, personally, my favorite is when you get people hooked on musky fishing. Uh, this one kind of fits that bill. So he went to Canada with a guy, his cousin, actually, who is a bass fisherman. Um, he put in quotation, hard to claim him his family. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Doesn't fish nice. for muskies much. Uh, showed him how to use one of his 10-inch weighted suics off the dock his first night there. First cast, gets a low 30-inch pike. He goes, okay, I'll use this the next day. They head to the first spot uh, for the night. Second cast, he yells, got one. He thinks he's messing with him. All hell breaks loose. Net it perfectly. Was a 48-inch muskie. He goes, welcome to Canada, you lucky shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What? And uh, he said that when the guy, his cousin, held up the fish, he's like, I didn't even think they got this heavy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's big. That's like why I want to go to Canada so bad, but I'm I'm worried that it's going to partially ruin the chase. Like we're grinding all these years for, you know, a 50 inch, you know, giant Phyllis County fish. And then you go to Canada and what do you, we hear you have a good chance of getting it done within a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an incredible story though. I think that Vilas County 50 though will always be yeah, a, yeah. a fun thing because of the chase. rarity of it. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh moving on. All right. We got uh Northern Tackle. Um shout out Northern Tackle. If you guys haven't seen his page, uh toss him a follow. He makes a bunch of really cool designs. So if any of you guys are listening to this that do you know fishing content or whatever um reach out to him he makes a lot of really cool logos and stuff i know he does some stuff for tom Bully, uh who i'm sure you guys are familiar with um but anyways he uh messaged me that uh he caught his pb on a sucker last spot of the day beautiful 43 and a half inch muskie that ate the sucker off the surface of the water Um, so I'm sure that was probably a pretty cool visual. They had moved a a giant fish in that spot before. Um, so they were hoping that it was going to be that big one. Um, but ended up getting his PB on a sucker while the sucker was, you know, on the surface of the water. So was that, was uh, that from this year? Yes, I believe so. He's already moving sucker fish. Uh, no, it was definitely not because it was a prime crisp mid-October day. Oh, okay. Um, He said weather is juicy, sky cloudy, colors of the leaves at peak. I mean, that's yeah. Can't wait. You're talking, yeah. When you're talking about sucker fishing, that's like chef's kiss. The peak. Um, And he also caught a 41 that day too on a sucker. So good day for him. All right. The last one comes from John Gessler. Uh, Love this story. Hits, hits a little bit home uh, here. So he said, hey, boys, love the pod. I always listen. I'm from Minneapolis. Shout out, Minneapolis. Um, Shout out. I am fishing near Hayward, Wisconsin. I heard about crane baits from you guys. Finally brought one pri- wow. prior to the trip, and it paid off. Also, I know Minnesota has some big fish, but in my experience, these northern Wisconsin greenies are absolute tanks and fight like no other. Yep. Correct, sir. Yes, sir. Love to hear that. He caught a beautiful, I believe it was about a 44-inch, 45-inch muskie on a crane bait, uh, 208. 208 crane, man. Gets it done. Wow. 
That's and that wild. was recent. That was awesome. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if that was his PB or what, but um, yeah, it's always cool to hear other people using those crane baits. I think they're awesome baits, super versatile. Um, you know, I we don't have any connection to Bill Crane, the guy who makes them. He has no idea who we mm-hmm. are. Nope. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but uh, shout out Bill man, Crane, though. Shout out Bill Crane. Damn, shout out. <laughs> All right, well, that's gonna wrap it up for the uh, Common Man Musky segment. Eventually, we'll get around to posting these pictures. Question mark. Yeah. Why don't you, yeah, you set will. a reminder on your phone for like Friday? <laughs> yeah, right after this pod comes out, Friday. All right. Well, we'll do our best. Um, speak- <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> it's like speaking. Brian Merch God. <laughs> well, I was just about to say, speaking of speaking. things that continue to be delayed, Merch God, where are we at with the uh, with the merch? <clears throat> Hold on. I got to pull up my letter for my corporate connections here. Let me see. Right. <laughs> Appreciate you. Looks like uh, <clears throat> we do have an official day now. Sweatshirts will be arriving in hand early next week. So, so we are within. Do we, do we have a day? day. Do we have a day? It looks like Tuesday. We're not uh-huh. going to make any promises there. We'll I call it early Tuesday's next correct. week. Maybe FedEx is balling. They'll show up Monday. Who knows? Uh, so, yeah, one week out. Uh, um, and uh, we got a little bit of stickers coming along with them. Um, so yeah, excited to get those. And I think this weekend, or maybe we wait till next week, either this weekend or next week, we'll be posting some of the giveaway rules, uh, the entry for it and giving away a sweatshirt. Yeah. So the, I mean, my lawyerly disclaimer here, these rules are subject to change. (laughs) Um, but what, what are you guys thinking for the giveaway? Like how, how do we want to do this? I, I will say, I want to preface like the sweatshirts we got are badass. I'm not trying to pump them up, but they are the sweatshirts that we got that Brian Gus and I got. And some of our family members got on the first kind of go around we just like a local batch from like a local supplier. Um, and it wasn't the local suppliers fault. It's just the ones we got. They're really cool and like they work, but I mean, the quality is shit. Um, they started to kind of like beat up and kind of mm-hmm. uh, like just kind of didn't fall. have the longevity, but I'm still we wearing wanna, the crap we, out of it. Yeah. We don't yeah. want to sell those. Like we, we don't want to sell sweatshirts that are going to fall apart. Um, so the ones we got are really good quality. We're really excited for them. Um, they are going to be, you know, like probably 10 more dollars than the ones that we originally thought we were going to order. Um, but I think with kind of upgrading to that upper echelon of quality, like they'll last a lot longer. They look cooler in my opinion too. Um, so I, th- I think it's going to be better, you know, hopefully you guys don't bitch at us because they're going to end up being like 50 bucks, but, um, you know, we're, 55 i don't know 55 bucks yeah 55 <laughs> maybe by the time we get here it'll be like 100 bucks yeah. but who knows yeah. <laughs> but uh you'll get a free sticker along with it and um you know we just wanted to make sure like we can we can get all the orders in you know we're gonna have we're, we're not we're not merch people we, we don't do this we haven't worked at clearly, stores, clearly so um you know we're just trying to make sure it, it's kind of a best of both worlds for you guys and for us that we're able to kind of cover our ass, you know, as 
us three are kind of putting up our dime on this and um, cover our ass to, to get them all. We want people to have them. We want to see people wearing them. We think it's going to be really cool. Um, we're definitely not doing it to like turn a big profit by any means. Nope. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's kind of our goals. Like we want cool, really cool stuff that looks good, that feels good, that you guys can fish in, that you can do a bunch of stuff in. It's going to drop perfect timing for when the weather starts to cool down. So I think it'll all end up working out. Uh, that's kind of my little rant. So sorry for going on about it. Just wanted to kind of clear. No, the air there. That's perfect. We also got the pint glasses in the muskies on tap logo on a pint glass to pour your ice cold bush light. Boy. Yep. And uh, I honestly boy. don't even know what color it looks like. I, I, I just drink it out of the can. I've never even seen it yet. I, Oh God, you don't know if you want to. Yeah, that's maybe not. Uh, that that one's not gonna look like a nice amber in the glass or like no, a tall blonde yeah. or something, but oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> for the for the give oh, 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 oh. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> so for the <laughs> Really? It's getting late, boys. It's getting late. We're getting we loopy. Minds are starting to wander. Whoever's still listening to this right now, shout out to you. Um, shout yeah, out. big shout out. So, Brian, as the merch god, you know, dealer, everything of that nature, how do you see the the merch giveaway going? Um, so that that's that's gonna be something we're gonna be looking into, right? We're gonna be spitballing ideas, considering sure. all options. Um, <laughs> and we're gonna really go to the bulletin board with that and uh figure out the best way to do it. But um, yeah, it's gonna be fair, it's gonna be honest, all right. You guys aren't gonna have to worry about any of that crap going on behind the scenes. And uh I think what we will do to ensure that it's you know that the results are true and honest is uh we'll record the drawing of the uh you know whether we pick them out of the hat or put them all into an online random generator whatever that might be there will be evidence of that so stay tuned for the footage there but uh yeah you'll you'll see a big post uh when the when the giveaway is live and uh yeah blow that thing up how are they going to be able to enter into the giveaway probably it, it'll instagram it'll, post yeah yeah, yeah, it'll be on Instagram. Uh, you can DM us if you just have a Facebook or something. Uh, DM us. We'll try and find a way to either uh, coach you through how to hook up an Instagram or uh, an alternative <laughs> entry form. Would it be but like they just comment to, like... and share or like, comment, yeah. follow, share? Yeah, like, that's... comment, follow, share, tag like 300 people in your comments, that, <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's maybe maybe easy. for every person that they tag, you get an entry, or is it just like one entry per person? I think it's every. Yeah, that that. I don't know. What do you What do you got, Brian? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, the it's, big it's, it's it's one entry. So if you know, if I were to comment and tag three buddies, if my name got picked, yeah, I it's just one tag. If my name got picked, I'd get the hoodie. Okay. Okay. All right. So and they got a. All right. Sounds one good. one entry per person. All right. No funny business with backup accounts. None of that crap. No burners. We're not, we're not dealing with it. <laughs> All right. All right. No burners. That, sounds, All right, that good. sounds good. Um, well, what do we got on store outside of merch the next few weeks? We got some good guests lined up. We we're gonna have one this week, but um, some you know, external stuff came up. So 
all good there. We'll get we'll get him back on. We're gonna keep him secret because I think it's gonna be a great guest. Uh mm-hmm. next week, fingers crossed. We got a really we got a great guest on uh hopefully for next week. Um, who's been doing some big things in northern Wisconsin for quite some time now. Um, and then we got uh Gus, we got the PMTT next week. Fire up, buddy. Yes, sir. I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, by the time this comes out, it's gonna be only a few days until we we head over yeah. to Hayward to prefish. So yeah. and then I think in two pod once this podcast comes out, the next one will come out the uh day before the championship. So I am stoked. That's coming up way faster than I thought. That was a quick he, turnaround from it from was. You got some butterflies going yet? I mean, I know when I've thought about it, I'm getting a little bit, uh, a little jittery. I'm excited. I think they just have been getting more and more throughout the season at each event. <laughs> yeah, I don't, been, you know, uh, yeah, like not really fish. sure <laughs> that we were expecting to find ourselves in the spot we are, but we are. We're in, we're in a new spot here, folks. Um, <laughs> If you got any tips on the Chippewa flowage, please send nah. them. No, 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 no. We got it. We got it. Yeah, we're pretty we fish. We're good. We, we got, got our it. we got our lake map. Oops. We've been making highlights. We've been drawing circles. We got some spots to check out. All right. I think with all that talk on what's coming up next for the Mott crew and the merch, I think we can uh, call it a pod. Great Q and A. Great chatting with you guys tonight, and uh, I really look forward to the next one. Great energy tonight, fellas. I think we yeah, had supreme. a little bit of yeah, a little bit of uh, some serious talk and a little bit of some funny talk, and I think it was a good little mixture. Yeah, Brian, what you got for us? Yeah, let's. Really, I, I really just want to say thank you to everybody who sent in the questions, the stories, the fuck the bears comments. All that, all those interactions are great, make it fun for us. Keep sending those our way when we put the Q&A polls up. But in terms of this weekend, guys, you're looking at prime bucktail, prime suck trolling. Whatever you got going on, make sure to soak that thing a little bit longer this weekend. Make sure it's scurrying a little bit quicker. And if any of you guys out there are catching your own sucks, make sure to hit us up. We're always looking for that fresh new suck as well, guys, going into the fall here, especially around the musky bender <laughs> mid-October. Stay tuned for that, guys. Stay tuned for the merch drop. We'll see you guys next week. Nice. Follow muskies on tap. Follow muskies on tap. Go ahead. Follow, follow muskies on tap. Follow sucks fishing. Uh, <laughs> I have a website and my phone number is nine two zero two six four three eight one six. Peace. Peace. Peace.